0: Welcome to the Unfuck Your Health podcast, where we get into all things training, nutrition, mindset, and help you unfuck your health. I'm your host, Brevin Jandrew. Let's get into it. What's up, guys? We're back with another Q&A with Coach Chase and Coach Abigail this week. We got five questions for you guys. I think it'll be a really good debate. What's up, guys? How you doing? Doing good. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. She's over here looking very, very cozy in this uh, <laughs> robe sweater thing that I really, really want. Um, so I'm really jealous about that. Is it cold up there right now?
1: Yes, it's been snowing this oh, morning sucks. and it is so windy, 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 which just makes it terrible. Yeah, that sucks. No, thank you. I thought Always. it was bad here.
2: <laughs> Always times like worse. It's 30,
0: 36 here and I'm not oh. happy about that. <laughs> Good luck.
1: <It's> too cold. <laughs> let's jump right into (laughs) it. Let's
0: jump right into it. What do we got started off, Chase? All right. Number one is when should
2: I stop eating at night? I
0: think that's a great question. You know, I think there's, you
2: know, that old, like. Yeah, it's 6 p.m. done Conversation (laughs) over. (laughs) There's like that old thought or belief that, you know, like after a certain amount of time or after a certain time at night, like all of a sudden, like you start storing fat or it's like that, you know your body knows (laughs) exactly knows (laughs) like your body just knows all of a sudden like it's you know oh it's 8 p.m so now this 200 calorie cookie is now 500 calories and it's just like you're gonna gain more weight because you're eating late at night and that work
0: in reverse then i can eat a 500 calorie cookie in the morning
2: (laughs) i wish (laughs) man if if that's the case we're we're golden but no, like it's your, your body really doesn't know like what, you know, what time, um, however, there are other reasons you probably wouldn't want to eat late at night. Um, and I'll let, kind of want you guys to take it from there, you know, and kind of talk about that a little bit.
0: Oh, well, I'm going to kind of take it from the other approach first is like, I hate going to bed hungry. So like I find my, especially I used to work out really late at night. Like I wouldn't start working out until like eight or 9 PM. So I wasn't getting home until like 10 and I would eat a lot of calories at night before I went to bed and I'd wake up and yeah, the scale would be up a little bit because I was eating later at night, not because I was storing fat because I literally just ate later at night, didn't have as much time to digest it. But doing that for so long made me hate going to bed hungry or like not having just ate. So even I like to even have like a snack before I go to bed sometimes just so I make sure that I, I'm not hungry when I wake up because I, as you know living with me. I wake up and the first thing I do is eat. I'm always hungry when I wake up. (laughs) First thing. I'm just hungry all the time. I think.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, My input would be touching on what Brevin said with digestion. It's usually when I, when I talk to clients who have this question, um, a lot of it comes down to how you digest your food, how you feel after move uh, um, eating. If you're getting movement in after you eat, So typically, we don't want to eat a huge meal and then go straight to bed because that will impact your digestion. Um, So the timing doesn't matter as much like there is no magic hour to stop eating. Um, But it does kind of make you want to look at the context where I feel like a lot of people, especially in like a diet mode or a deficit mode, will be really, really, really on top of their macros throughout the day start breakfast really small dinner really small and you're like feeling good because you're watching what you're eating and having making really healthy choices all day and then you get to the evening and you're like crap i could eat my whole house right now (laughs) like i'm starving um so if you do find yourself like really really hungry every night um it's less about what time you eat and stop eating and how that affects your um body composition and more about making sure you spread your calories throughout the day evenly. So you don't have to worry about what time you're eating at night. You know, you're eating within your range of calories throughout the day, regardless of what time it is.
0: For sure. And I want to actually add a little bit um, to kind of what I was saying. Um, like you said, context really does matter. And in the context of what I was doing, saving calories for later was because I was making sure that I was eating the majority of my calories around my workout. I just knew that I was eating a little bit later at night. So I wasn't like intermittent fasting. I was just pushing my breakfast off a little bit. I still had breakfast because it's the best meal of the day. There's no argument <laughs> about that whatsoever. Um but I was just pushing my breakfast off a little bit so I could have the majority of my calories around when I was working out before my workout and then after my workout. So I think context really does matter too. And if you're someone who gets up really early in the morning, um, when we talk about like meal timing and stuff like that around your workout, that meal that you had the night before is going to be one of the main sources of your fuel for that workout if you're a morning workout person. Um, So context really does matter in all of this. It's not just hard and fast rules with any of these things. It always is like, he will, here's why it applies to you in this specific situation yeah
2: i think i think bottom line is just for the majority of people who are probably concerned about you know want to lose weight is like just realize that like a 200 calorie cookie at eight o'clock is still a 200 200 calorie cookie at 801 p.m like
0: it's still the exact same amount of calories yeah so all that said it really doesn't matter all that much we yes. can get really picky and tell you exactly when to eat your meals for optimal results, but like that's missing the forest for the trees the majority of the time. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Abigail, you want to take the next one?
1: Sure. Next question. I see a lot on Instagram and other socials about hypertrophy. What is it? And is it something to worry about? Um, Interesting question. I think the answer that's coming at you is the answer for all fitness and nutrition questions it depends um hypertrophy is just a specific goal that you can have so it can be you can work towards hypertrophy just like you can work towards um, weight loss fat loss building muscle building strength whatever your specific goals are um i will say that following a program that prioritizes hypertrophy is going to be very intentional. You're not going to accidentally stumble upon it. So I think you'll be aware of, if you're working with a coach, if you're telling them that you have hypertrophy as a goal, um, you'll be aware of what that program looks like. I wouldn't worry about it um, like happening as a byproduct. But I am curious about, I wish I knew more about this question because I want to know, has someone told you that it's like a bad thing to work towards or has someone told you that you can't work towards hypertrophy while working on other body composition goals? Or like, I'm curious about more of the question why it's not like portrayed as a, as a negative thing, because in the context, sure, it could be negative if it's not your goal, but um, it's just a goal like any other goal.
0: So I want to make sure we clarify like what hypertrophy specifically is just for anyone that doesn't know that hypertrophy is essentially just building muscle. Um, It's the process of building muscle. Um, And and one thing kind of like you said, um, it it really depends on what your specific goal is. One of the really cool things about training for hypertrophy, and and I think it's mistaken in a lot of um, a lot of these fitness influencers um, in training for hypertrophy is that you can get hypertrophy training for almost anything. You can get hypertrophy just running. Are you going to get optimal hypertrophy? Not even a little bit, but it's it's on a spectrum. I, th- I think of hypertrophy less as like a um, adaptation that you specifically train for. Like, yes, you can train to get bigger, but I think hypertrophy is more of a consequence of training because you can get it training for endurance. You can get it training for strength. There's on different spectrums on how it's going to be most quote unquote optimal, But I think that for most people, like you said, you're not going to get too big on accident. I think training for for hypertrophy, um, building muscle is one of the most underrated things you can do on a fat loss journey. If that is your goal is like, ultimately I want to just look better. I want to lose weight. Building muscle and spending time building muscle is not only going to give you a better look, the look that most people are going for when you kind of envision, like, what do I want to look like? Like you point out these things, it's well, they have a good amount of muscle mass. They're not just small or skinny, like they're they're toned. All toned mean is you have that muscle mass. Um, and not only that, building muscle has a very positive influence on how many calories you burn throughout the day. The more muscle mass you have, the more calories you're gonna burn. So I think taking time to focus on building muscle or like even having it kind of as a byproduct of like, Hey, I'm just focusing on getting a little bit stronger right now. Like with Chase and I, we're both focused on getting as strong as we can. That doesn't always mean that we're going to get as big as we can, but we are going to put on some muscle. It's going to be less efficient than if we just trained strictly for like the goal of hypertrophy, like a bodybuilder, but we're still going to get a little bit of that. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think hypertrophy is important.
2: Yeah, no, and it definitely is. I think that's something, you know, it, both of you guys pretty much you know, said everything that needs to be said with it, all that, but just to kind of you know recap it all, like I think it's, it's definitely important. Context matters the most. Like Abigail mentioned, it's, it's a really big, it depends. I definitely wouldn't view it as like a negative term. Like it's just, if that's not your goal, then maybe that's not something you want to be shooting for right now. But like with anything like, I would say there's another never like if you ever have any of these terms that you're just not sure about, like this is definitely, you know, I appreciate whoever asked this. Thank you for asking that because you, we hear all these like big, scary words and terms that we don't understand what they are or, you know, are they good? Are they bad or do they not have really any like good or bad to them at all, really? Um, and again, like just really explore what these terms mean. And a lot of times it's just, you know, a part of the, you know, whatever goal you may be shooting for at the time.
0: And I think that the only reason that you would really like fear, like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna get hypertrophy, like it's <laughs> such a scary word, is like if you view it as like, oh, if I if I start lifting weights, I'm gonna become a bodybuilder. Like I, I like we talked about last episode, I fucking wish that's how it happened. That would be amazing <laughs> if I picked up a five pound dumbbell and was ten reps away from failure and got huge. That would be sick. That'd save me so much time and effort but it doesn't happen like that. So like hypertrophy is literally just building muscle. It can be a little bit of muscle. It can be a lot of muscle. There's it's again, everything's on a spectrum. Everything's on it. It depends. Context really, really does matter. Yeah.
2: Revenue, we take number three.
0: Yeah. Um. So number three is how do we figure out a strong enough why for losing weight? This is a really, really, really cool question. Um. I think that you have to really get deep with yourself. And I think so many people focus on, well, I want to look better. I want to feel better. I want to do X, Y, or Z, all these superficial things. And like, yeah, of course, we all want to look better on the beach. Like who doesn't want that? But- When you really think about it, the way I like to phrase this is like, what is it costing you in your life to not feel the way you want to look the way you want to perform the way you want to, to be able to do the things you want to. And if you really, really can get deep with yourself about it, I think it's one of the most powerful questions on a fitness journey. If you just kind of take a look at like your daily life and you're like, well, I can't really get on the, on the floor and play with my kids because I can't get up. Or I get too winded and and I can't keep up with them. So I really don't end up playing or hanging out with my kids that often. Um, I can't go play catch with my son because I can't bend over to pick up the ball. Or I get out of breath too quickly. And then I'm just sitting there like <sighs> trying to catch my breath while I'm playing catch. Or when you go try on new clothes. And I know this this was one for me. Is like every time you went like school shopping, it was a traumatic event because nothing looked the way you wanted it to. Nothing felt good on you. It was just like, oh my God, I fucking hate myself. And I'm just continuing to try on all these clothes and continue to have to take my clothes off and look at this mirror. And I swear to God, those mirrors make you look worse. Um, So it's like looking at these things or like when you go out to dinner and you're just sitting there fidgeting or playing with your clothes the whole time because you just feel so uncomfortable. You can't actually be present. Like if you can get deep with yourself and like actually admit that stuff to you and get away from the superficial stuff, it is one of the most powerful things. But you really have to sit down and say, what is it costing me in my life to not look, feel or perform the way that I want to in life? And if you can answer that question, you're golden.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's something that, you know, and not only just that, but like, One of the biggest exercises that I love taking, you know, a new client through or even just, you know, even those who are not clients is even those you listen right now, like, ask yourself, like, you know, like Brevin said, like, let's get past that superficial reason of why you want to lose weight. And, you know, I always say, ask yourself why five times. And what I mean by that is start asking yourself, why do you want to lose weight? Uh, Well, I want to look better. Okay, cool. Why do you want to look better? All right. Answer that for yourself. Well, I, I want to feel more confident. Great. Why do you want to feel confident? Well, I want to be able to, you know, show up better for myself. Why do you want to show up better for yourself? Well, I want to show up better for myself for, so I set a good example for my kids. Why do you want to show up and be a good example for your kids? Like keep asking yourself why, I love why is that important? That's a good one. Why is that important? Why is that important? Just keep asking deeper, deeper, and deeper, until you literally cannot keep asking yourself that like you can go past five if you want to like just keep asking. Because once you get into that really deep reason why and Brevin already touched on that, that is what's going to help you get past those really tough days when you're struggling and you've, you know, you kind of like, you know, why bother? Why try to even continue? Well, this is why continue. This is why bother because of your strong reason why. Because just the I want to look better. I want to look better on the beach. Great, but that's not going to help you when you're really struggling and have a really hard day or hard week. You and I think go- you you
0: really have to get uncomfortable with yourself. Like it's so cliche, but like you have to get uncomfortable to grow. Like that's so true in this aspect. Like make yourself so uncomfortable and t- say the things that you're. You only hear in, in that little voice in your head that you never speak out loud. Speak that out loud, write it on paper, get really fucking uncomfortable with it because that stuff's not easy and it's going to make your life so much better down the road. Yeah. Abigail?
1: I, the, the the wording of this question where it says strong enough, how do I make a why that's strong enough? That's telling me that your motivation for losing weight is maybe not stronger than your motivation for not losing weight. So you are always motivated at any action you choose comes from your motivation. Um, And if you are currently motivated to not work out, to eat, you know, whatever you want, however much of it that you want, I think it's equally as important to look at developing a strong why for losing weight. Yes. And I think that process that Chase just said was very helpful for like developing your why and at the same time doing that uncomfortable soul <laughs> searching and doing a really really honest self audit look at your why for what's stronger than your why for losing weight like what's winning out right now cuz a lot of your habits a lot of your routines a lot of your actions could be helping you emotionally survive something it could be helping it could it can be protecting you from something it could be your comfort level and you could just be prioritizing those things more than losing weight there's nothing Inherently wrong with that. It might be where you are in life. You might have needed this to literally survive and make it through what, like experiences, stress, school, parenting, whatever the case may be. But you're going to have to be honest with yourself and say that my why for not working out and not eating the foods that are best for fueling my body and my energy has been survival or emotional or comfort, like comforting needs. Is that why still? the important driver or am I more interested in you know showing up for my kids feeling better about my how I look and being able to move and do more things that I want so a strong enough why it just stands out to me that it means that there's the motivation to not do what you need to do for weight loss is stronger so we got to like balance out which one is more important to you right now and where you are currently
0: that's great. I love that perspective, and that's why I love doing this podcast. That's such a cool perspective to like. That's what really stood out to you there, because that is so true. And and you really have to look at things and be like, until the the pain of change is greater than the pain of remaining the same, like you're it, you're gonna stay in the same spot. So you have to really have these hard conversations with yourself and become painfully self aware about like, why do I want to change? Why am I staying the same? What is causing me to be in this position that I'm in now and not be over here where I want to be?
2: Yeah, I think that's something that, you know, it's, and it's not, this isn't something that's really easy and, you know, it's going to take some time to work through. And I think it's important to not only note that, like, yes, this is something you should identify when you're starting your journey, but also, like, this is something that like, you should go back and revisit from time to time as well. Like, this is going to change, like, your why when you started your weight loss journey will probably not be the same why four six 12 months down the road from then even heck even a, even a month in you're like you know what like I don't care about the weight loss anymore like I'm now shooting for this goal whatever me like find your reason why because that will change over time and I think one of the biggest things that a lot of people struggle with is they stay so strong fast to like what that initial why was and won't let go of that because I think that's what they have to stick with like that why can change as many times as you think it's appropriate to keep you going throughout your journey.
0: Well, I think it should change as your goals evolve because goals are going to change and evolve as different seasons of your life come and go. So like that why should always change. And I mean, I think all three of us can attest to like our why's have always changed. Like the why we started our fitness journey is not the why that we continue today. Yeah, exactly.
2: Awesome. Well, let's move on to number four. Number four is, This one actually came from one of my clients, Sarah. Shout out to Sarah. I know she's probably listening. She listens to the podcast a good bit. What's Um, up? Should you reach your goal weight before trying to bulk to build muscle? I'm not there yet, but I hear mixed views on this. And she said, I think I know your views on this, but it'd be a good topic (laughs) to discuss. And so before I give my views on this, I would love to hear what either of you all think. Because I know her and I have actually had this conversation on a coaching call before.
0: Well, I'll jump into this just because I have no idea who Sarah is. What's up, Sarah? I hope you're listening. Um, I'll jump into this. i completely blind. Um, so should you, before you reach your goal weight, or should you try to build muscle before you reach your goal weight? Um, I think the what stands out to me there is that I think people have a really bad misconception on like cut, bulk, cut, bulk, because that's what so many people talk about on social media and stuff like that. And like, You don't have to be in a bulk or like a surplus because that's really what a, a bulk is, is being in a calorie surplus. So you have you can more efficiently build muscle. You have more of those recovery capabilities. You have more calories and energy to dedicate to actually building muscle. You don't have to be in a calorie surplus to actually build muscle. You can do that at maintenance. And I'm sure, and I know for a fact Chase has talked to you about how important maintenance periods are because he talks about that all the time. And it's so true. Maintenance periods on a fat loss journey, especially if you have a significant amount of weight to lose. I have no idea how much weight you have to lose. But if you're on a fat loss journey, even if you only have 30 or 40 pounds, like taking times at maintenance is so important and focusing on, like we just kind of talked about evolving goals. Well, in that maintenance period, your goal is no longer fat loss, like your long-term goal is, but your short-term goal is what can I do to better aid that fat loss? And that's going to be building muscle in that period. But also I think that um, one one of the other misconceptions is like, if you're in a deficit, like your training changes. Like, yes, your recovery capabilities change and maybe your volume or intensity changes a little bit, but you should still train with the goal of putting on muscle because if you don't use it, you lose it, is a real thing when it comes to muscle mass. So if you're in a calorie surplus and your body's like, "Mm, we don't need that extra muscle. Okay, well, that extra muscle is going to go away. And it's not just fat loss at that point, then it is weight loss. You're also losing your muscle mass or lean tissue. So like train so that your body knows, like I need to keep that stuff. Now, it doesn't work exactly like that, but on a very surface level, that's how it works. So if you always train hard, always train to build muscle to keep that, to have the physique that you want to, then you're going to better maintain that. And you still can build a little bit of muscle in a deficit. It's much, much harder and much less, quote unquote, optimal, but you can still do it. So that's kind of my take on it. Yeah. What do you think, Abigail?
1: I go back to the... The triangle, right? We can have three main goals that we can work towards at any given time. Um, think of them on, on a triangle spectrum. So uh, we have health and longevity for a goal so we can work towards um, improving our you know, our blood levels, our sleep, our metabolism, things like that. We can work on aesthetics, which usually can be, um, it can be bulking, but also fat loss and weight loss typically is kind of on that end of the spectrum. Um, and then the other one is performance so um your performance in the gym gets building muscle. so we can also have a little bulking there um, on both ends of that spectrum but so while working towards any of those goals we can work at towards two of those goals simultaneously but you just have to understand that instead of putting 100 miles per hour towards one goal if you're splitting it towards two it's going to take you maybe a little bit longer and the luckily these two goals kind of there's some layover like the more you build muscle the more you're burning fat throughout the rest of your day the more you're burning fat while you're recovering Mm -hmm. um just you're you're more efficient throughout the day burning calories so having more muscle is going to help improve your fat loss um so i think again context (laughs) it it depends (laughs) um it's definitely like a cool conversation to have with your coach about prioritizing which goals you want to reach, I think the timing, like being realistic about um, when you can reach that goal weight versus if you want to be focusing some attention on building muscle, that's going to change that timeline a little bit. Um, But then also being super duper confident in recognizing that you can go through phases. So you could spend like four to six weeks or eight weeks or 16 weeks on one. And there's always time for the other. Like, I feel like we get this. And from the, the question that she asked, I can understand that we always want to like do all these things all at once, right? We have time. And especially with fat loss goals, if you have a significant amount of weight, you get in this mindset where you're just like desperate to do it. Like you're just desperate to get to that number. You do everything to get to that number. We can take time at maintenance and build muscle and that'll help with that fat loss goal. Um, so just being realistic about your expectations, um, having a coach that can help you like trust that the process takes time, you know, having patience with it, um, and then prioritizing which one you want to work towards, recognizing that if you're not going hundred miles an hour, one way, it's going to, you know, shift your timeline a little bit.
2: Yeah, no, that and that's both what you guys said is pretty much exactly the same conversations we've had. And, and I think that's uh, just for anybody listening for anybody that has the same concern as like, I I think it comes down to like Abigail mentioned, you know, realizing that these are, you're going to get through phases and it's okay to, you know, not like I would much rather you prioritize what's most important right now in this moment. Like, what is your main goal? Like, sure. Yes. You want to gain muscle. Yes. You want to lose weight, but what is the most important thing to you at this moment? I'm not saying you have to like, if you say weight loss, I'm going to be, all right, you can never gain muscle again. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying what's most important to you right now. So we can really focus on that goal for a certain amount of time. And then we can shift to the other goal as well. And we can always come back again to the other goal. Like we could lose weight, get down to a comfortable spot. Cause that's also, you know, like, where are you comfortable at? Like right now, like, are you in a position where you want to be in a calorie surplus and gain a little bit of weight? Like if you're already, let's say, you know, 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight, and you're really uncomfortable where you're at right now. And again, I'm not saying you can't go through a surplus and gain muscle during this time, but if you're not comfortable where you're at and you think, all right, you know, maybe now is a good time to, I'm not in a good headspace right now to continue to put on more weight to gain muscle. So I'm going to shift my focus to weight loss right now in the moment. And then once I get down to a more comfortable area, then I can shift my focus to going into the surplus and gaining muscle during that time. So just really being okay with like changing your goals and figuring out what's most important in the moment at that time is what's really gonna come down to.
0: Yeah, and like I said, I think that it's it's overblown of like, oh, if I'm losing weight, I can't be pursuing hypertrophy. If I'm pursuing hypertrophy, I can't be doing X, Y, or Z. And like, let's look at the most efficient people in the world at um, manipulating their body composition, bodybuilders. That's the extreme in all of this is bodybuilding where they're they're going up 30 pounds, they're going down 50 pounds. Their goal is to maintain the leanest but also most jacked physique they can have on stage. Well, when they're in these massive surpluses for months on end, they're still training really, really, really fucking hard to preserve their muscle mass. Now, again, these are on the extremes. We can tailor that down by 100%. But like, let's look at what the the most efficient people in the world are doing at manipulating body composition. Let's do 1% of that. Let's still train hard. But our goal, our main goal is is body composition through weight loss, but we're still training like we're trying to put on muscle mass because then when we flip that switch and like, cool, I no longer want to pursue fat loss. I'm happy where I'm at, where I'm taking that maintenance break, where I'm allowing myself to have a little bit more flexibility in my life um, and like kind of waiting, biding my time until I can go into another fat loss phase. Like, cool, let's let's train the same way we have been. But we're actually going to put on a little bit of muscle mass, which is only going to make us look better, look more toned after the fact, after we lose that weight.
2: Yeah, and I think, I think you, I think you can kind of look also- at it that way. Yeah, and I think it also comes down to you know, also like just knowing that, like that like, what you're doing now is probably just going to help your next phase even more. Like you know it's you know for I'll use just my my example right now. You know I'm currently you know yes I have you know I I want to be able to you know go I'm looking forward to be able to go into deficit next year after my competition. But right now I'm focused on strength gaining and being at maintenance and not focused on you know losing weight right now because I'm trying to gain strength and for powerlifting competition next year. And so my goal right now is to not focus on fat loss is work on strength. And then we already have a plan after the competition. Then I'm going to go into a deficit later on. And with this extra muscle mass that I'm putting on, it's just going to make it a little bit easier actually for when I go into a deficit the next go round. So I think another
0: kind of perspective on this too, is like really, really fall in love with the process. If you're singularly looking at, fat loss, fat loss, fat loss, fat loss. You're going to get so burnt out. If year after year after year, you're going after and pursuing fat loss, fat loss, fat loss. And like, you never take time to like, what does it feel like to get stronger? What does it feel like to put on a little bit of muscle mass? And you're like, Oh my God, I actually love this. Cause that's what I did when I started my fitness journey. It was like, I only care about fat loss. I don't care about anything else. Actually at one point, it's so funny. Looking back at it now said, I'm never going to be a power lifter because I don't care about that. I don't care about putting up the biggest numbers in the world. I just want to look better. I want to lose weight. Well, now look at me. All I care about is is getting stronger. (laughs) So like, let your goals evolve, pursue other things inside of fitness and like see what you enjoy, like learn to love the process. It makes fat loss 10 times easier down the road. Like you can still have the overarching theme of like, yeah, I want to lose weight. Awesome. But like, try out other things, see what else you like. Maybe you like getting stronger. Maybe you like building muscle. Maybe you, for some reason, like doing CrossFit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There is, I think there's a lot to that, Brevin, we have this sense of urgency and okay. I, I'm not sure for me personally, I think it came from, um, years and years of like crash dieting and always having a focus on fat loss. And I'd always make it like, I'd say three or four months. I was like solid gold. I always saw huge results. Um, you know, you're feeling yourself. You're like, Oh, I'm a gym girl now. Like, da, 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 like um,
0: that's what I tell myself every week.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> you make it like three or four months and then like month five and months, I never followed a program for more than six months. Mm-hmm. Um, month six, you're like, Oh, okay. Like I'm not losing fat as fast. I've lost momentum. Um, motivation is gone. I'm showing up less and less, and less. So I think like that mentality was so hard to break out of where it's it was very like, hard. Could, yeah. Like I was like, I need to lose weight. And, they're telling me to build muscle and I help with weight. So I have like six months. That's all I got in me. That's what I know I can commit to. It was like six months. That's top. So let me do everything right now. Boom, 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 boom. And that slowly shifted over time to where I can step back and say, Oh, I can do a three month, like bulking phase. I can do a three month um, maintenance. Like I have time and I have options because the process is more important to me than thinking that I'm going to just fail in five or six months. And I have like this sense of urgency.
0: Well and one thing that like I think we can all attest to I know Chase and I've had this conversation many times is like we can say all this stuff and know it but like, it doesn't make it any easier it's still really hard to be like if my overall goal is fat loss like I'm going to take time off of fat loss like that's still like that's a mental it's fuck hard. so much yeah like, me and Chase <laughs> had this conversation of like okay I need to not be pursuing fat loss right now like my time has come and gone in this fat loss phase like it's time like I have to take time out of this deficit like no I'm not where I want to be yet but like my long-term goals is to be as strong as possible. Like I can't keep pursuing that in a deficit. That just makes zero sense. That's opposite of what I say all the time. So like, yes, we know it, but like, don't get it wrong. Like we still struggle with this stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like it's still hard to like actively eat 3,200, 3,300 calories. And like, I don't care about fat loss right now. I'm just focusing on getting as strong as possible.
2: Yeah. And I think, and also like, this is another thing that just kind of popped to my head as well. And, and this isn't, and I'm not saying this is like, you know, like, something that sarah is like talking about and she said she struggles with but like just in general anyone especially someone who's working with a coach or a trainer or something like that i know even if you're only working with a coach for let's say like six months or a year remember that your goals can stretch out past that you don't have to go through all these phases within that time period of working with a coach like ideally yes it would be amazing to work with a coach through all these different phases but don't feel like you have to put that timeline and that deadline on yourself. Like I have to go through a fat loss phase and a weight gaining phase and a strength phase and this and that, this and that all before my contract is up. Like, I feel like sometimes we put that self-inflicted like deadline and like that burden on us that we have to get this done like right away because I'm going to run out of time. And remember this continues way past coaching. Like we're setting you up for all the tools and tips and success that you need to keep doing this on your own later on like all these phases really like a they have a ton of similarities i guess there's the differences but like a lot of it is like you're eating some more calories or maybe you're training a little bit harder like you're just twisting the little not like the little fine tuning knob rather than like trying to pull an entire giant lever you know that's we're here to help make the you know take care of those big rocks that we're trying to move in the beginning like that's what the coaching is for in the very beginning but then we want to be able to set you up. So that way you can do all the fine tuning later on as you progress past coaching as well. I just want to make that, I don't know why that came to my head, but I just thought that was something to also share as well.
0: No, I love that. And even outside of coaching, like I think so many people put like timelines on all of their specific goals of like, I have to do this by this time or this by this time. And like the time's going to pass, like you can either short change yourself and continue to change up what your specific goal is in that time. Or like, you can know, like the time's going to pass. I'm going to pursue this goal. Or like you, can, like you said, you can go five or six different directions and put 10% here and 15% there and 12% there. Or you can like, let's pursue a goal. Let's get there when we get there, knowing that we're taking steps forward every single day to get to that goal. And then after we reach that goal or after we feel like we spent the time there, let's pursue another goal. Like the time's going to pass anyways. You might as well go after these goals.
2: Yeah. I always have some, whenever I have a client that like comes with me, like, you know, with three, four, five goals, whatever, you know, long-term, short-term goals. I always just say like, sure, like we'll work on all of these, but if, I, but if you could only pick one, what would that one goal be? Because then that's where, when you have a day when it's like, you know, you have two things, you're short on time or whatever it may be, or maybe you're short on energy or something like that. And you have to decide between the two. All right, let's lean towards that goal You know, on an optimal day when we have all the time in the world to be able to do what we want, sure, we can put more time allotted to all the other goals, but there might be times when you need to devote your energy to that one specific goal that you're wanting to shoot towards right at the moment. I also wanted to say, uh, I really like your shirt. Oh, yeah. I'm repping (laughs) Revan's business on my shirt today. (laughs) (laughs) We wore these down at the powerlifting competition. It says um, powerlifting team on the back of it. Oh, yeah.
0: It's a sick shirt.
2: (laughs) Pretty sure I helped you design these.
0: (laughs) I'm pretty sure you did almost all of it. (laughs) I have the least creative mind of all time. Like when it comes to like when we try to do stuff on Canva, it just (laughs) it's a nightmare for me
1: trying to make this stuff.
0: Oh God. (laughs) It's bad. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm sure it's bad. I don't even want to know. I don't pay those. So (laughs) he gets he gets to pet Kitty and hang out with Kitty and that kind of evens us out.
1: (laughs) Sounds like a raw deal. Very soft.
2: (laughs) I think I'm getting screwed in this, but
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right.
0: Let's move on to number five. Every time I get started in my journey i struggle because i have no support in this my friends and family just don't quite understand why and what i'm doing this actually came from one of my clients of something i was talking about with him um and and essentially he he just doesn't have the support at home that he feels like he needs and it it really he really struggles with it and it's something that um, we've had a lot of conversations about before so i'll kind of let you guys take this one to start yeah go ahead abigail
1: i feel so deeply for people who struggle with this like so intensely, deeply. This shit is hard. And having little to no support is just brutal. in um, like even years after weight loss, like I, I'm from the South and our family reunion, like just the foods that we've had at holidays and things are ridiculous. You would not believe <laughs> the menus and the literal tables and tables and tables and tables, and tables full of just giant potluck like dishes that we had at every single family. How event. many things
0: can we fry? <laughs> right.
1: <Yep>.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: the How many variations <laughs> of macaroni and cheese are at the table? <laughs> yeah, like our salad was like Jello with fruit in it. It's like fruit salad, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um. Flashbacks, and then I have, nightmares, right? <laughs> PTSD. <laughs> um, and and kind of now, like I have so many family members that have very you know intense views on health on on my health on my body um and it, it's just interesting now after losing weight and after kind of achieving being happy with where i am with my body how those interactions and comments don't phase me anymore like they just kind of bounce off but i remember at one point where every single little look or um you know you don't need that or like you know quick turn of the plate or something would just like cut me to my core.
0: So you're going to have that. I thought you were being healthy. Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And even now they're like, I thought you were a coach. I'm like, yes, I'm a coach and I'm eating this chocolate chip cookie. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But, but yeah, so I have many clients who struggle with this as well, especially with partners. I think that one is hard if you're living with someone in a relationship and they don't quite get it. Um, Family members, coworkers is a hard one. Um, that's what I hear the most from my clients. Is like, hey, you know, Susie brought in another box, or we ordered more pizza at work, and it was just there, and things like that. Um, I think it comes back to a couple things. Setting boundaries is going to be your best friend. Um, identify what impact other people have on you, or scenarios like change your environment and. dynamic of those relationships as much as you can like as much as they are receptive um to eliminate maybe conversation like trigger foods that come up um trigger conversations that come up environmental triggers that come up and kind of just monitor that and keep control as much as you can um but also like there's no harm in saying like hey i i don't really want to talk to this talk about this right now or change the subject or um, I think Chase and I, we were talking about how we always have like these little ways to just kind of like change the topic really quickly <laughs> and turn it around. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it comes down to that internal why, like circling back to a question from earlier, like what is your why? Um, it has to be so strong and it has to be for you. Um, but there are ways that you can set yourself up. Maybe it's looking for a community getting support elsewhere outside of your family or friends or partners, um, finding like-minded individuals, connecting with people on the internet. Like, it's like a really nice thing about the internet is if you know that you're lacking support and you need that like community component, go and find it, like create that for yourself. Um, heads up, your partner, family, friends also might not understand that aspect. Why do you need to talk to these people? Why can't you talk to me about this? Things mm-hmm. like that. Um, it's just going to be... <sighs> It's going to be a little bit tougher, um, but advocate for yourself as much as you can and then look for the things that drain you and the things that give you energy and lean into the things that give you energy and as much as you can control the things that drain you. I guess would be my input.
0: Yeah, I, I, you
2: know, I also think to add to that is also, you know... And this, this one's not always easy, but I think that if you have a, you know, if, if it is like a significant other that, or, you know, a family member that you do live with or a family that you see a lot and you're, you know, very close with, and you could have these hard conversations with them, let them know why you're doing what you're doing. Cause I feel like so many times it's so, I, I hear this a lot from my, my clients I've heard from and other people I've talked to. They're like, you know, I, I want to lose weight. And I tell my husband, I'm going to lose weight. And he's just like, well, honey, you're, you're pretty the way you are. Well, well, great. Like, thank you for supporting me with that. But here's why, here's how I actually feel. This is how it's affecting me day to day. Like, and I'm not saying these conversations are easy by all means, guys. Like, I'm not saying this is, you know, going to be an easy conversation, but letting them know really what is this, how is this affecting you in your day to day? What is this holding you back from? What are you not doing because of this? What do you hope to get out of this goal? Once you reach your goal, you know, whatever that may be you know, having those conversations with these people will let them understand a little more of like why you're actually doing this. And then they may actually want to support you through this as well. Now, you know, of course, you know, you could have the ones that are just like, okay, still though, you know, I, I don't really see it. Okay. Well then that's when you are going to have to, you know, like Abigail mentioned, like reach out and find a community that does support you and you and your goals. Like, I think it's, you know, and you know, there could be family ties and things like that, that might be tough, you know, and, those are the times when, you know, you, you reach out to them for support and they can either support you with it or they don't. And then, you know, maybe those are the ties. And, and I know, again, these are all like really hard sticky kind of conversations, but it's like at what point you have to start learning what connections, maybe you just start letting go of a little bit here and there. And I'm not saying like, you know, you have to like, I'm not saying like go disown your parents or anything like that, like not saying that, but like, you just like setting those boundaries for yourself, what's going to help you and your goals moving forward, you know, and just, Letting people know why these things are so important to you can be really, really beneficial in the long run.
0: And just to add to what you were talking about, Um, like if those conversations are really, really hard for you to have, literally write it down, like write them a note and you can either read them the note or you can give them a note and be like, hey, please sit down and read this. This is how I feel. I don't feel like I can effectively communicate this to you. So like, here's all of my thoughts in a note. Please accept that and just read it. Um, so I, I think that's one way to kind of get around those situations again, still not easy. Like it's really hard to have those conversations, especially like when you struggle to get deep with your why as to what you're doing and like telling that to someone else, like even if it is a significant other or whatever, it's still a really, really uncomfortable situation to have. Cause like, you never want to talk about like your biggest insecurities. That's why they're insecurities. You don't want to talk about them. You don't want to deal with them. You don't want to like, you can deal with them in your head, but like talking about that to someone else is, is crazy. It, it's so hard to do. What were you going <laughs> to say, Abigail?
1: Uh, just adding on two things because you made me think of something. Um, but one is the component where I, they don't understand why and what I'm doing. I think that part is really cool with the, um, working with a coach. It's like the really cool part of that is the education that comes with it. Um, if I tell someone that I'm like, oh, I'm a nutrition coach. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I did, you know, slim fast or nutri fast. I'm like, it's a little bit different than what I do, you know, like it's um, and, and if you tell people that Oh, I'm losing weight. They're like, Oh, have you tried this? Have you tried this? Or I tried this and this worked. And they, like, everyone seems to have an opinion on what works. Obviously we've all seen the information that's out there for fat loss and things like that. Um, I told someone I was a fitness coach the other day and they're like, Oh, so you do like 75 hard, like 10 times a year. And I'm like, no, it's, it's different. <laughs> um, slightly not different. what I do. <laughs> um, So knowing what you're doing and why it's personal to you and having that coach Develop trust in you and the process is going to be very helpful and being able to just stay in your lane. And then the other thing that Chase said that was important is again being really honest with yourself. Where I actually started developing some like resentment towards people around me that is like my roommate or like a co worker that I was close with when I started my flat loss journey. I was like, hey, why aren't you doing this with me? Or like, why is this not important to you? It's like all of a sudden it became important to me and it wasn't important to them. Um, and the same thing as a coach. Now I notice it still come up sometimes where I see other nutrition coaches. I'm like, Hey, like this should be important to you. Like, why don't you want to do, trust this long-term power? Like, but take a minute and recognize that your goals have changed. And if you start fitness as a priority or, or nutrition or fat loss as a priority it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone around you is going to jump on that train with you. So be aware that you're the one changing here and it's not on them to change with you. Obviously, if it rubs off in a positive way, that's cool, but like set your expectations. So you don't get any resentment towards these people not supporting you because I'm not saying it's like your fault, but you are the one changing. Like there's the control group. You're the one who's changed something. Um, And it's, I think it's easy to build resentment towards people who don't start supporting you Um, and just recognizing that it's okay. People can have different priorities um, and go and find your coach or your community and the people who do support um, those changes that you're making just so you can have that validation and support.
0: For Sure. And I think that like, you have to just get comfortable setting boundaries with people too. Like, Hey, if you don't support me or this isn't something you care about, like let's just not talk about it. But we have so many other things in common. Let's just not talk about this and set those boundaries and be comfortable setting those boundaries and hold hold true to those boundaries. Um, And one other thing that uh, him and I kind of talked about um, was like controlling your controllables is like, you can't control what other people say, how they act, what they do. Um, You can't control any of that stuff. But what you can control is how you react and respond to every single situation that's presented to you. So like, if someone isn't supporting you and they're saying these things, then like, you can choose to let it bother you. You can, you have to make that choice, like make these active choices. Like I'm not going to let that bother me because I know I am true into what I'm doing. I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I know I'm comfortable in the path that I'm taking. If you don't support that, that's that's your choice. I can't control you supporting me or not, but I'm going to continue to do what I want to do. I'm, I'm making that choice for myself. And again, easier said than done. It's not something that that happens overnight. You have to continue to make these very conscious choices of like, every situation presented to you in life, you have the choice to how you react and how you respond to everything. So just make that choice for yourself, start reacting and responding in a better way for yourself, for your goals.
2: Yeah, no, I I agree with all that. I think it's, you know, it all comes down to the day, like setting your own boundaries. What are you comfortable with? What are you, you know, you know, who, who are you comfortable with having in your corner of like, you know, with, with this and, if, if your your people at home are going to support you, find that support system elsewhere because we all know, like, we need that external accountability during the, especially when we first get started before we develop that internal accountability. And so, you know, find that community that's really, you know, that really means the most to you.
0: We all support you. Yes. Yeah, you're
1: not alone. Like, I have many clients who struggle with not having people in their inner circle who are totally supportive. Yeah. Um, I, I know people who in the same position. You're definitely not alone. Like there's people, us, us three coaches will support the hell out of you. You don't even have to work with us. Just join our yeah, group. Client
0: or not, we, we support yeah. you <laughs> in any choice that you make right. is, regarding always. your health. Anytime you're trying to better yourself, like we support the hell out of that.
1: Because yeah. we've all been For there. Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, and also like you'd be surprised. Like I, I think one of the most
2: common things we always hear like when people like first start reaching out and they join our communities is like, you know, they, they say something about, you know, they're struggling with X, Y, or Z. And then everyone's like, "Oh yeah, me too. This is how I got over it." Blah blah. blah. And everyone starts piping in, and, they're like, and then I, you know, they come back to me personally later on. They're like, "Yeah, I really appreciated it like when I reached out the other day, and everyone supported me. Like, I thought I was alone in this."
0: And I think nice community I is alone. one of the most underrated pieces of your fitness journey. Um, I think if you can have a community, what community could be one other person for you, but like I think having a community of support is so fucking powerful, and it can change the game for you.
2: Yeah. And that community community could be, you know, it could be friends at work. It could be in a Facebook group. It could be at the gym. I know a lot of gyms have a great community atmosphere inside of there. Um, you know, just finding whoever that community is going to be for you.
0: Yeah, become creative and finding your community. If it's not someone that you live with, someone at home, or your your closest friends, like be creative in that community. It could be people you never ever meet. And like I know you, um, with your first coach, like had a meetup and stuff like that. And you're still really close with those people. Like that community piece is huge for you. Yeah,
2: we still have a. 10 member group chat going on all the time. I'm actually I'm driving back home this weekend and I've already texted a couple of them that are cl- close by and we're getting together to have lunch or dinner so. <laughs> well,
0: and, and same with me. Like my first coach, um there were people in the group chat that I was talking to that like I literally just started uh programming for one of them this week. Um we've known each other. He we was he was on our podcast. Um, and stuff like that. And we only met through coaching, talking about like our similar goals, our similar stories, and stuff like that. And now we're friends, and now I'm actually programming for him. So it's like kind of come full circle. It's super cool to see.
2: Yeah. And and, and honestly, if you have hard hard time finding a community, what about starting your own? Even like, and I know this sounds like kind mm-hmm. of like oh, I don't miss something. People are like, What? I started my own. And I'm not saying you have to have like a like a thousand member community. This could literally be like, guys, you would not believe how many people are probably on your Facebook friend list that probably want to start getting healthier themselves, but they don't really know who to reach out to or whatnot. And I bet you if you went on your Facebook and were like, hey, guys, 2023 is going to be my year. I'm getting healthy. I would love some extra accountability. Anybody else want to join
0: on and help me out with this? I bet you that you would find all kinds of other support that, out there. Yeah, there are so many cool Facebook groups, even outside of like fitness like just your hobbies and stuff like that. they like, Hey, I really love Dungeons and Dragons. Awesome. There's a Facebook group for that. I really love <laughs> mowing my lawn. There's a Facebook group for that. Like I didn't realize until like two years ago, how big Facebook groups were and like how many people you can find in these communities. Like me and Chase are in a powerlifting powerlifting group one. And like this girl posted in there the other day, she's like, Hey, I need help with my form. And there's like 30 comments. It's like that's super cool. We're like, hey, I'm I'm really nervous for my first meet. It's this weekend. Like, hey, good luck, good luck. You're gonna crush it. Like, that shit's awesome. I love that. Yeah, everybody wants to see you win at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Anything else, guys? I think that's it. I think we talked enough. I think we talked <laughs> that was a lot. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love these. These are great. And
2: guys, thank you for anyone who asked questions, Keith and coming. We love these questions. And, and I even like, that's why I even I posted up in our um, team group chat this morning. I'm like, even if like, there's like things that like, you would just love it. Like even if just maybe not a, a question, but something like a topic of some sort that you're like, you know, I've heard different variations of it. I would love to hear three different coaches, you know, we love debating. About it. Yeah, <laughs> Brevin was already wanting. to, like, I was like, I think we have enough questions now, but he was wanting to come up on like, a debate topic for today. So <laughs> I love maybe, controversy. Maybe our mm-hmm. next one we'll have to play on like an actually like a debate on like one specific topic <laughs> that we all have disagreements <laughs>
1: on. <laughs> cardio, cardio.
2: <laughs> I feel like that's gonna be a two against one on that
1: one.
2: <laughs> 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 um. Like, awesome, guys. Well, this has been another great episode. Can't wait to get this one out on this upcoming Monday. Um, our first one went out last, last Monday. Got some good feedback on that one. So that's been awesome. Um, but yeah, I think that's all we have
0: for today. See you guys. Bye, y'all. Bye, guys. As always, I want to thank you for listening to the Unfuck Your Health podcast. If you enjoy the show and find helpful, I'd love it if you would share it on your story so I can thank you for listening and leave a five-star rating review to help the podcast grow and allow me to impact more lives. As always, feel free to reach out with any questions or anything and anyone that you want to see on the show. Thanks again for listening to the Unfuck Your Health
1: podcast.